Today's episode is called The Gift of Life, a special conversation with a special guy, Kyle Rogers. Enjoy. Welcome back to Jay's Real World. Our special guest today is Kyle Rogers, otherwise in my contacts known as Kyle Rogers Kidney. <laughs> Which is how I listed your name. <laughs> Except it's Jay Gittleson. And I have uh, to say, yeah, yeah, I have to say that, you know, Kyle, I'm so fortunate to have a friend like Kyle and and truly he's just a great guy. You can't say that about too many people. And it really is a great, great person, but also a great guy. And yeah, um, yeah you I, flatter me. You flatter me. <laughs> and I, but thank you. It's humbling. Very I was, humbling. <laughs> true i just wanted to say that you know the month of november to the listeners also that the month of november is for the gift of life which is the uh, organ procurement organization based in philadelphia um and this for this region of which is handles all the deceased donors um not just for kidneys but for organs all, you know organs in general um, the largest, most active one in the country is in Philadelphia, and it's they refer to it as the gift of life. And um, this month of November is the donor Sabbath month. So it's really focusing on faith-based communities and getting the word out about people registering for their driver's licenses about, you know, being a donor or signing up to be a donor that everyone sees on their driver's license. And um, I'm you know, I, as you know, but for anyone just tuning in, I had a kidney transplant December 5th, 2019. And um, actually, right before the transplant, I um, did an event that I didn't realize would fall under the category of donor Sabbath, the month of November, but it ended up being that the gift of life supported the event, sent a speaker to the event, um, a, a mother, a donor mom, quote unquote, a mother of a son who passed away and donated, saved many, uh, I think seven different lives were touched through um, kidneys, two kidneys, did um, uh, liver, um, cornea, many, there are many different things. So it's not just kidney that, that people donate, but for deceased donors, there are many different uh, organs and skin and I, it's too many things. Um, but with, um, so the reason I mentioned that is that I'm sort of honoring, it's an honor to have uh, Kyle Rogers here because he's, He's a, a kidney donor, and I'm going to let him share a little bit of his story, and then after that, I'm going to share this, the special nature of how we met and how that changed my life. Yeah. I thought it's funny you said about the license thing, because um, that was one of those things that you did, we did. Um, it says, do you want to be an organ donor? And then they put that little sticker on your license way back, and uh, to me, it was never a big deal. I said, sure, why not? Because you never really, there was no personal. You didn't really think about it personal. It was just like, yeah, let's add it onto the license. And um, I never realized at that time that I would be put into the actual um, position where I would be uh, voluntarily donating. Um, uh, you know, is as you when you're younger and, and you do that, and it's by the way, it's an important thing to do that with the license. That's one way of uh, of uh, being able to provide, um, especially in a serious situation. But 
as you have come across, we are meeting a lot more people. You're meeting a lot more people who are giving um, from their own heart. Uh, and that's, that's kind of what your message has been and the message we want uh, people to understand is um, it really is a benevolent act. And um, it, it's, it, it changes you greatly uh, depending on what the situations are. Um, and we were changed greatly in our Can you household. share? Can you go back and share some of your story? And my, my daughter, um, who was born in 1992, and as first-time parents, she had some health conditions early. And um, we ended up six months learning how to uh, uh, insert nasogastric feeding tubes and uh, everything to help my daughter so she could have a um, cardiac surgery. So at her infancy, we had already been put through our, our first health crisis. And at that point, when uh, she was six months old and everything was totally done, we uh, felt that the world was great. However, we had also joined a new club that we didn't expect to join. And that was the club of uh, uh, pediatric children being born with uh, uh, heart conditions. And we ended up meeting uh, people in the, the heart area. And when you talked about transplants, and I'm not sure how often I shared this with you, but um, shortly after my daughter went, not a transplant, she just had a corrective surgery, uh, but as an infant, but another child was born in Bethlehem, same doctor who delivered contacted us about this young lady who uh, as an infant um, needed a heart transplant and asked us if the parents could talk to somebody, if they needed you to talk, needed someone to talk to. And I said, right away, I said, well, yeah, we, we'd be more than happy to do that. Um, turns out I was, I was introduced to the parents, just briefly said hi, but they had a huge support system. Um, the young lady did get her, young infant baby got her um, heart transplant. Um, and I'm gonna tell you now, 28 years later, I become friends with the family because I actually taught her in school, still alive and she's working and she's doing great. And wow. uh, it was kind of a beautiful thing. Led up to 2017, my daughter, uh, and I don't want to over, if you need to interrupt me, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, no, go ahead. Yeah, 2017, my daughter was uh, in her final year of um, uh, school for her doctorate in physical therapy and uh, at Widener. And uh, during that time, she had driven out to Arizona to do uh, clinical work out there. And over the holidays, um, in 2016, um, she was saying she wasn't feeling real well, but she felt she was run down. And as we got into uh, 2017, she started feeling worse. Now she was coming up to graduation and we were all real excited. Um, uh, same daughter that had the heart issue earlier, but we were thinking, wow, how far we have come. And um, during her last weeks of school, school had just ended. Finals were coming up. She finally went to the emergency room 
or to doctor to get looked at, not the emergency room, regular doctor. Uh, I was in school teaching. She had come up here. She was up in, in town. And uh, I get a call during my break. And literally, they, they took her, checked her right in. I was called. It's bad. Come on into the hospital. And that was one of the worst days of my life. And when we came in, she had already been in uh, uh, kidney failure. Uh, one week away from taking her finals, one week away from graduating, one week away from uh, achieving a goal. And uh, we got hit with this news and it was like being hit with a sledgehammer. And I remember, all I remember was walking in, seeing her in the table on the, uh, in the bed, um, already needles and tubes and everything hooked up. And I just broke down crying <laughs> and it was just, it was just terrible. And, and um, I mean, the, you know, obviously a lot of miracles happened at the hospital, but for that moment, um, your oldest, I have three children, she's my oldest, but when you're first born and you see that as a parent, um, most, parents, I'm going to say most parents, I like to think every parent, but most parents would go, uh, go to the ends of the earth in order to help their kids. And when we were sitting and given the news that she um, had kidney failure, uh, instantly my wife and I, we both said, now I said, test me, you know, so the whole license thing doesn't even figure in anymore. Yeah, uh, no, is no longer a sticker that you put on a license. It all became reality at that point. And all I, all I wanted at that point was for her to be able to um, live a productive long life, uh, which is what we want for all our kids. So um, it started off, and my school was great about this. Um, I'm in the Bethlehem Area School District. I'll, I'll throw them a bone here. Um, but the administrators and the uh, people at my building, especially, um, I had a lot of days where I was allowed to be off and come back in. Um, the and and you you know this personally because you you've gone through the same thing. I think one of the most uh, uh, harsh things for me to watch during this whole thing was uh, dialysis. And as you know, it is a physically taxing um, uh, thing to sit through. And um, over the first couple, she'd go every uh, three days a week. I think it was three days a week. And as you know, you basically sit there in that chair, you're there five, six hours. Yeah. And, uh, and they do what they have to do. And, and uh, I would drive her and uh, I'd break down in the car. I'd be crying in the car all the time. Um, sometimes I'd come pick her up and she'd be throwing up and I'd have a bucket. She'd be throwing up in a bucket in the front seat of the car when we're driving home. Um, you know how, you f how cold you feel, yeah. how your temperature. Um, and uh, this is your own child and you're, you're watching this happen. 
So at that point, um, I was a little overweight. I was pretty lazy. I'm not a, what I'll call, I, I played sports, but I was pretty much um, not, uh, I'm not in peak condition, I'll say. But at that point, when we uh, started looking, and, and I said, we were, we were working on living donation because uh, we had already been told that that is the, if you can do that, it is the um, most tried and true as far as uh, it's the better match situation. It's the, uh, uh, the better chance of things taking and um, a longer um, existence. And um, we started getting tested right away down in uh, Philadelphia. St. Luke's Hospital was affiliated with, uh, with uh, Temple. And uh, the first thing they do is they look at you and say, well, you have to be healthy too. Right. <laughs> and, that, and that was, and I'm not gonna say I'm not, I'm not healthy. I'm, I'm not that I'm not healthy, but um, it led to me looking and going, well, I'm 230 pounds, uh, my habits, I, I exercise, but I exercise to have a good time. And at that point, um, I had a new reason. Uh, and as I said, we joined these clubs. And once again, I was in another club now. And this was now a club that a lot of people obviously are unfamiliar with. Um, so it started with the diet. And I literally uh, got rid of all kinds of breads. And uh, by the way, I'm eating pizza and stuff again. But all that stuff, pizza, everything, I, I just stopped doing it. Uh, no alcohol. I didn't uh, drink any alcoholic beverages. Anything that I knew could be um, slow down the process. Um, and, and I exercised, which I normally did, but I took it more seriously. Now, at the same time, she's still going through this. And we eventually were able to um, do home dialysis, which is a little bit different. Um, where uh, she would do it every night. We had a cycler machine and um, we would set up, we had to totally sterilize and clean her room. <laughs> I mean, it was- This is peritoneal dialysis or- Peritoneal dialysis. Peritoneal. Yeah. Right. Explain what the difference is, just so they know. Yeah, with um, the peritoneal dialysis, you're, um, when you go in to a regular dialysis center, you have a, uh, what do they call the pick in the uh, arm? A fistula. A fistula, fistula. And, uh, and you're cycled through um, hemodialysis through, through the blood through, through the blood uh in this case she had this um uh through the peritoneum i could get that peritoneum right. uh, in the thank you in the uh, she had a I catheter just, she had a catheter yeah, right a catheter right in her stomach area mm -hmm. and um every night we would, um, she would have to clean everything off because everything's about being sanitary um, and then hook up these huge bags of liquid and uh, go to bed at a certain time and you had all this tubing and you'd start a cycler and that thing would run uh, throughout the night. Uh, fluid goes in, fluid comes out, fluid goes in. There was about eight bags laying around that room, four of them with fluid and four of them that were empty at the end of the night. The four empty ones were now full and the four full ones were now empty. Mm -hmm. And in the morning, I would go in, we'd unhook the bags, I'd take them. Uh, sometimes you had to weigh them, sometimes you, um, uh, we just weigh them, there was marks on the bags. 
And then I'd have to drain them away every morning. And this is during the last weeks of school into the summer. The stepping back a little bit, the thing that was probably most impressive, um, that was the last week of school for her when she was diagnosed. And I think part of the reason that I really was driven to have this uh, be the donor, um, she took her final exams between dialysis treatments. So the school was great. Widener University, I'm going to give them a plug. Um, her her uh, professors down there allowed her to take the exams on the off dialysis day. So we would drive down the day after dialysis, we'd drive down there. She'd take the exam in the room. The, her friends came to see her. It was great. Um, however, I'll tell you the, the most touching moment was she was part of a group that had planned a big party in Philadelphia to celebrate their graduation. And of course, uh, at that point, the, uh, it was a dialysis day, the party day. And, uh, and she was, she was just upset and crying. And um, so we went in and we literally said, I said, is there a way we could do it earlier? And she and she and they, well, they did it earlier. And that night she and I drove down to Philly and uh, we went to the place where the party was and all her friends were waiting and they were, they, it was just like the greatest thing they, they all had t-shirts with their nicknames on and they presented her t-shirt. I just sat off to the side and watched that and, um, and just took it all in. And uh, I'll, I'll, if you want a Hallmark moment, there was kind of a Hallmark uh, movie moment, just watching all these people around and her able to do that part. And then of course, the next day was the actual, she walked into graduation. And uh, so it was a real emotional, it would have been an emotional week anyway. Mm -hmm. This just made it hyped up emotion. Um, so we went through back to the dialysis stuff. We um, inevitably, uh, we were going through Temple and uh, I was losing weight regularly, which was really good. Um, uh, I had most of my testing was was done, but Temple was slow and we were getting, and, and, and then when I say slow, and Jay, you know this, she had her, her transplant was done within one year. That's pretty fast. That is, yeah. It, compared to, uh, and when you have living donors, people who are going to uh, uh, donate um, uh, organ, uh, they can make the process go a lot quicker. Yeah, and that's the glory of that kind of situation. But um, because uh, the Temple situation, Temple's a huge, very good hospital, but I think they just have an overwhelming amount of people there, and we started getting frustrated. And my daughter, then being a medical background, started looking up and realized that she liked the situation at Lehigh Valley Hospital better. Um, she liked their approach and, um, the, the way there's different ways that they deal with these, uh, using steroids, not using steroids and the whole deal. And by this time I had dropped, um, 
probably 25 pounds. And I was, everything else was looking real good. And uh, we finally said, you know what? She goes, I'm going to go mark of myself up at Lehigh Valley. And uh, I'm going to say it was between Thanksgiving and Christmas of uh, uh, 17. And um, we ended up uh, going to their introductory meeting and uh, met the doctors who uh, were wonderful. Uh, uh, I was Dr. Lee was was my doctor later on and I, I don't know why I mess his name up all the time you know him the doctor <laughs> the, Dr. Had Moritz? Dr. Moritz I always mess his name up because I have another friend doctor with a different close name and I always go or Orowitz which is different but uh these these people were sitting there talking to him and they're looking at all the medical stuff they go why aren't you done yet this should have been done already and sure enough once they had what they needed, we did a couple other things. They looked at it uh, less than 90 days. Wow. We were uh, in surgery. Um, it was originally scheduled for February 14th, which I thought was interesting. Valentine's Day. And it, but it also turns out that's, isn't that kidney donation or heart donation month or something? Something about February. February. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that is a special day. Uh, we ended up in March, though, and uh, the day we went in, a blizzard was predicted. And so we had a drive to Lehigh Valley. We stayed at a motel uh, right near Lehigh Valley Hospital, and uh, the blizzard petered out. So everything worked out, and uh, the real amazing thing was uh, you go in there, and I mean, these people are great, and uh, they wheel you in i go in first and had my surgery and uh, my team and shortly after she goes in and they get ready to do the handoff um in at five six in the morning and didn't see the light of day till four in the evening but as i was sitting in there and uh, i just remember and, and this will be, it's a, if you've been through the situation, you'll understand this better. If not, you, you know, you'll turn your head and go, huh? But um, we're, I'm sitting in my room and she's in her room across the hall um, within a walking distance, once a week a walk. Um, and I get, I guess it was a call and uh, I'm talking and it's, they're, they're telling me that she's peeing. Now that sounds <laughs> terrible, yeah. unless you know the circumstances. And when they said that, that she's, she's peeing, she's putting out urine, um, A, it means the kidney's working. That was definitely the first thing. And um, you're on the road in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And uh, all I know is I was sitting in my room, it was dark. And uh, when I say sitting, it's pretty much all you could do. I had a little bit of walking and sitting, but I was by myself and I was literally just bawling my eyes out, sitting in a chair, uh, just realizing how wonderful um, that moment was uh, and on that March night. Yeah. And um, we both were out of the hospital by the weekend. That was March of 2018, right? Yep. And as we both recovered in our lounge chairs, 
down in our in our we my wife actually bought another lounge chair we both slept in the same part of the family room because steps were not our friend at this time and uh literally spent our couple weeks recouping there getting up taking walks um uh she did she was a little better recovering than me um any of your women viewers who have had a c-section that's kind of what i had a c-section and uh and it was a little rough. So uh, I have a little empathy there, though I can't have total empathy, uh, but um, it was a wonderful, uh, like I said, a wonderful moment. And instantaneously, we wanted to share what uh, blessing we got um, with anybody who, um, was willing to listen. And we did get a couple opportunities to speak at yeah. events with the hospital. And yeah, that, um, that kind of leads me into it. So okay if I share that. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Dominate everything. No, no, that was you were that. it was mm -hmm. it's just I mean, yeah. I've heard you you know share a story a few times and every time it's just a you know an emotional thing. I mean you have three mm -hmm. children, right? So you have a yeah. also have another daughter and a son, all very successful. Uh, one being an engineer and the other one studying to be an engineer, right? Yeah, the ones that, well, marketing, she's marketing and the other oh, one. Oh, marketing. Right. My okay. son's still at Drexel, two Drexel kids. Two Drexel. And, and I'll let you finish because then I'll, I'll, no, but yeah, you know, no, it, but I was just going to say that having three children, you know, there's a, a special, special connection, literally and figuratively, you know, but with, with Courtney. And um, I just wanted to share that, you know, it was not only uh, insp inspirational and incredible to hear you speak. I didn't know know you or Courtney, but I was uh, I received an invitation from the Lehigh Valley Transplant Center, where I was then just getting listed um, to a meeting of uh, how to find a living kidney donor or you know how to this. But really, for me, what it was was. A room I, I entered uh, a standing room only uh, some lady brought in a chair for my daughter and I my daughter I went with me my daughter was then I think she was a sophomore junior. going to junior in high school yeah, junior sophomore junior I think she was a junior then in high school and um I called a room full of love a room room full of love that's what I always refer to it as there were donors and the recipients you were there with court with your daughter there was a woman who donated to her son. There were two brothers. One donated to the brother. There were just yeah. so many people. And I just, it was such a moving experience hearing the stories. And I was particularly drawn to you and my daughter to Courtney because I had been a teacher. You were a teacher. And uh, Lizzie is interested in the healthcare field and possibly physical therapy. And those were, you know, certain characteristics. But it was just something that was drawn to you to hearing you and I waited in the back of the room after the talk and my daughter was talking you know speaking to your daughter and I was talking to you and at that time what, what was significant for me at that time in my journey I was already on dialysis for probably a year and I was um I had not really told anyone or had not announced that I was on dialysis to people in my life people I worked with or people in my sphere um, I was just going to dialysis and um, trying to maybe hide, you know, the fact that we're just, I don't know what I was doing, but I was just doing that. And um, 
a, a woman from the church that we were going to had suggested making a Facebook page. And then I got the invitation to go to the meeting where you spoke with Courtney. And at that time, after speaking to you, I made a decision to share my story. So I, I and at the time, I don't think you realized that, you know, I've told you that later, but it was just an opportunity for me to, that you opened up and you were sharing, all these people were sharing and um, I felt it was time. So I, so I, I published the Facebook page and really it was sort of magical and you sort of know a lot of the story about how people started to come forward from my life that wanted to donate to me. It's not an easy process. So I know when you talk about losing the weight, I mean, I was <laughs> myself, I'm still a big guy, but I had to lose over a hundred pounds just to minimally qualify to get a transplant. I mean, that's kind of scary, you know, and I'm, uh, to think about, um, and I still, you know, that's a thing, but anyway, uh, so just what you went through and what kind of a parent you are and also going through my mind and I not to just go back to the past of my own life, but thinking about your instantaneous decision when you saw Courtney in the, and found out that she was, her kidneys were failing, that you were going to, you know, donate your kidney, right? It was. You have moments when you, and I said, I mean, I've had a really good, I have a wonderful family. My wife and kids are, they're great. And I, but you can always pinpoint those those moments when you see your child born hold your child for the first uh you know all the little rites of passage you know your wedding day um your your first pet (laughs) maybe that's not as big but and all of a sudden all those wonderful um uh, you, you you know here's what we're gonna do and we're gonna life's gonna be a roller coaster but it's gonna be good and then it gets, it, it, it gets derailed. Yeah. And for us, um, that wasn't an option. You know, we couldn't let that be an option. We had to find what were we going to do to uh, stop that. You yeah, know, I mean. Mm-hmm. And, and that was it right away. I mean, yeah. that's, that's all I could think about. Um, and it's funny when you said, I still remember that night when you were, there because I do remember seeing you guys in that room and we if if you could it was metaphorically like closing the bar because I think we were the only four people left in that room yep. at the end of the night yep. and we were sitting there talking and that was the one thing where I thought was great because you do you you found your voice you had you just didn't know you had it for this situation you've had your voice for other people you had to have your voice for yourself and that's what you were kind of uh, grappling with yeah, I mean, you. I, I'm sort of getting a little emotional now, but I was thinking just when you said that, you know, in in this whole process, and you uh, you know me a lot of things personally, yeah, yeah. but I mean, in the process of writing this memoir, uh, this book that I'm been traveling through this journey, and when you said earlier in the conversation, even though I know the story, saying about it was instantaneous about being there for your daughter and for obviously for your yeah. family that it was not even, it wasn't, it was just, inst- it was automatic that you, you live, you live that way. And I was, and in my thinking back on my life, thinking, uh, you know, would, I, I, I didn't thinking about my own father and his inability to just remember that I was alive, you know, as a teenager and looking back at some of the stories and that was not what the intention of having this interview, but I, you know, that he, I was, uh, telling, uh, relating, or thinking about the, the turning points in my story that I had mm-hmm. to actually go to um, 
to the court system to my father was a professor at a college. I mean, this is, just, I mean, this is ridiculous. I wasn't even going to say this. I wasn't thinking, but I was, earlier I was thinking about the timeline of my life. I had to go to, um, to, he wouldn't sign the papers for a free education. It was free. And he wouldn't sign the papers. And I had to go to legal aid to get forms to, to convince my parents to come together to actually then uh, sign a paper that I could go free. It was already free. And I'm yeah. thinking about here's a man here. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to right now, Kyle, who, you know, donated his kidney to his daughter and didn't even hesitate uh, and actually lost, you know, 50 pounds along the way to as fast as possible do this to save his daughter's life. And I remember being left and abandoned. So that was not the point of this interview. But I just had to say that in, because I'm working on this book and thinking back on my life, it's, you know, no wonder I'm drawn to you as a, as a friend, as a, as a father, you know, father figure, maybe I'm, I'm 51 years old. <laughs> I'm not that much. Okay. Uh, but, you know, you, you're not. And it's, I think you're hitting something though, that's really important. And the value that, um, you know, we, we don't want to overlook the good things we have. I mean, it's sometimes very easy you know, I'm sure a lot of people who listen to you, like, you know, there you sit there and, you know, and, and got to realize the gifts you have. I mean, everybody who's listening, all the yes. gifts you have, and yes. some of them you have to let them come out. And sometimes you don't have um, the vehicle uh, to do it, but, or, you know, but sometimes that motivation has to come from within. And sometimes the people around you aren't really, um, uplifting. You might yeah. not be sober by uplifting yeah. people. And, uh, fortunately I am, I have, I've got a lot of, of uplifting family and friends and, uh, um, yeah, but, but, but I will say there is some self-motivation there too. And you kind of proved that the last couple of years. <laughs> well, so. I, mean, yeah, I mean, I'll say that let's turn it back to the positive. You know, I have a daughter who's, you know, going to turn 21 on new year's day and she's, um, home today last night because we have a pet family pet who is very ill and so she came back to say goodbye to the pet and also to you know I wouldn't have normally been seeing her but she's going to go back to school in about an hour so she was here and I look at her and she was just I, I read you the letter on the phone she was just nominated for this highest award for service and character at the university for overall like being an all-around just being nominated and, and, and the director of the honors program writing a two and a half page letter and that should be sustenance. And I, 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 um, I worry about, did I do enough for her? You yeah, know, it's, it's, did I do enough? Yeah. It becomes your legacy. I mean, I, I look at everything that my family does as all I could picture is a girl scout with that big sashy thing. <laughs> So those are all little buttons you get on your sash. Uh, now you don't you don't live life to try to you're not trying to you know be uh, an animal and go get those buttons, but your your life drives you and and, and those buttons get yeah. earned. And uh, yeah, uh, and and that's I, I, that's all I could think of was a Girl Scout sash. I don't know why. Yeah, that I, I mean Kyle, you I would say in honor of the donor Sabbath and for the gift of life and everything. Um, I mean, I'm not, I didn't broadcast this around. You just know what I'm doing. But I felt it was like almost my duty uh, to encourage and give information to other people. I had a living kidney donor 
Yeah, I know you. I know how you went about this, and that was probably your greatest gift was that you had you had a total access to a media that you were finally able to see how your your misfortune was able to be utilized with your strength, which not only helped yourself out, but um, domino effect. Um, It's like that shampoo commercial. You tell two (laughs) friends and you tell two friends and and it just kept growing and growing. And as you know, you have a list of people now who uh, you're still in touch with and contact with. There could be some people listening to you right now. Um, and, And those are the same people that, you know, the real key is speaking up too. Yes. Um, there are people out there. You don't think they're there. And I said, we're in club. We're in a club we didn't know existed. And had we not had this situation, we may still not be aware of how many people are in this club. And um, that's the one uh, that's the curse and the blessing. Uh, the yeah. curse is that you're in the club, but the blessing is you realize how many other people need. Um, they need the help. They need to be they need to learn how to reach out. Um and they, they get away from the isolation because yeah, there's a lot of people out there. Yes, know? exactly. I, you, I, it might be very self-serving uh, from the outside uh, world, but um, I wanted to read you a couple sentences of a letter, of not of a letter, it's now a story, but um, some one of the people that I was encouraging asked to be in the book, like, or was, mm-hmm. I was suggesting maybe, and then the person said, <laughs> I just want to be in the book. And when I read the story to the person, this woman who was able to to get a kidney transplant through a living donor that she, someone in her family that was hard because the person had to get a visa to come from out of the country and waited a year to get approval from the authorities. Um, But I was giving every, you know, I was trying to give the person all the information and I just, you know, I I didn't expect, I really didn't expect to get a response like that. The person, uh, when I read them the story, she said, that's my story that's my story, you know? And so, and I, w- I was just going to read maybe a couple sentences. This is really, maybe like, really someone might be listening and saying, well, that's really, you know, that's yeah. self-serving, but I thought, well, you know, I, I, I got a, I got a, a message uh, from this person on May 5th, 2021 from the recovery room at St. Barnabas hospital. And the message said, I wanted to share great news with you. I got transplanted on May 5th. I'm still here in the hospital. I'm doing great. My amazing, loving, and caring nephew donated his 30-year-old kidney to me. And this was the, she's from Ecuador. So this was the, this was the nephew that she'd waited and Senator Menendez interceded on behalf to get the, to get the visa, which came out later. And she said, I feel so blessed and wanted to share it with you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for all your help during my most difficult days. God bless you always, Jay. And then when we talked about it, she said, yeah, I'd love to be in the book. And so I wrote a story and she said a couple things that really stood out to me. And she said this, this is in the story. Tamara said, you gave me a lot of hope. And not only that, but I didn't feel alone. It was, it was great to have that outlet and to have that somebody who is sharing things with me and that we can speak the same language. Then you put me in touch with the organization. That was great. I knew there was help. You just have to look for it. It was, it was around that time I met you that I had just posted on Facebook and I felt so weird and uncomfortable about it. It's hard to open up, I said. I was like that, believe it or not. That was me too, I said. 
she continued, I'm not the type of person to ask for help and then to ask for a kidney. So you were so important to me in that process. You gave me a lot of hope. I didn't feel alone. It was just a great feeling. I knew someone was there to talk about it, to walk me through it, or to help me find a donor. And then, and then she went on to say, she said, to, to find somebody, a stranger who wants to help you and cares, that's priceless. I didn't tell you, Jay, with the months going by, I thought to myself that even if I didn't ever find a donor, I can die happy because that feeling when you're in that situation and a stranger helps you, that's amazing because that doesn't happen every day. I don't live expecting people to do things for me, thinking that way and not looking for the help and just finding the help out of the blue and sincere help. That was priceless to me. And I, I, I you could say people, uh, my friend, I'm sure who uh, is in California is going to say, oh, there you go, Jay. You know, you're, 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 they drank the Kool-Aid of Jay. But, you know. Well, but, but you, you, you see the, that's the impact. And, um, you know, like I said, this isn't anything that when you went through school, they said, oh, by the way, if you're ever in a situation where you need a kidney, this is the way life's going to pan out. It just doesn't work that way. And that, you know, the helplessness and the idea that, I, I mean, we were fortunate. Um, you've been fortunate to, you know, think of the people you've been in contact with, uh, with just kidney that, uh, donation in general. But I keep thinking that percentage of people that, that aren't having that person to talk to or aren't finding that direction. Um, it's not that the hospitals aren't trying, you know, they're providing what they can provide. Right. But, uh, and I've always told you, Kyle, I don't, I, I'm like a, a round peg and, and not, there's no round hole. I mean, I, I would, I would love to do this type of, uh, you know, uh, thing as a, as a career or something. I mean, it's so called some co so called to, to do this type of thing. Yeah, we've um, discussed that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, I know we've talked about that. I just, yeah. I just, I was just thinking about, um, you know, how, uh, you know, there are, there are, I think, 112,000 people waiting on the organ I, donation yeah. lift. And I think 92,000 are for kidneys, 90,000, right. something like that. I'm not I mean, an exact number. Bar graphs all the time. Yeah. When so for this month of November, you know, for the gift mm -hmm. of life, thinking about, all the people that are waiting that are, you know, for kidneys, some, some people are, are on dialysis on the list waiting. Then you have people that are on dialysis that I met who would be too ill to receive a transplant. Yeah. And for those people too, I never forgot about them. And, you know, um, I was trying so hard to connect. Uh, I, I did connect with many of them and I, I'd say it was a way for me to stay positive too. Mm -hmm. on dialysis to do that yeah. and um you, you though, gave them gave them their moment you know give them a moment that once again that isolation you know and it's then that's uh i mean that's the one thing we hopefully can take aware of that we we uh can reach out to people you know i was them i was with them yeah. i mm -hmm. it, i was in the same position not knowing if i would get a transplant Right. It was it was years at waiting, and I was so fortunate to um, that a man from the church that we were attending, his name is John, that he was a, he was uh, that he was called 
by higher authority, or particularly his wife, who suggested that maybe he get tested. And he turned out to be a one in 100,000 match. I guess most people, maybe you, I'm not sure if your listeners are real familiar with this or just familiar with the message itself, but um, we were told the average weight, you could wait anywhere from five to seven years on a list. If you're looking, you know, on the list situation. Um, And uh, I, I I mean, it's a lifetime. (laughs) <laughs> you think about yeah. how long that is and uh, uh which is why like i said with my daughter um she was too young to have that be her lifetime and you know i i'm glad we could make that work i, I felt real positive it was going to work but i uh, did yeah but i was real happy and and i suggest anybody out there if you I'm not going to tell you go donate a kidney, but uh, even blood. Uh, That was something I used to do way back. I haven't done it in a while. COVID kind of threw that off too a little bit. But, um, you know, the ability to just be able to help people. And I know with my situation, um, I pretty much do everything that I'm a little better with my uh, dietary habits, uh, holidays coming up going to be a little tougher, but, uh, but for the most part, uh, live in a fairly regular lifestyle. I mean, uh, same stuff we've been normally doing. And as for my daughter, she, like yourself, have a regimen of pills, uh, and behaviors, you know, you got to make sure you're watching yourself and taking care of yourself. But, uh, for the most part, she does anything she wants to do too. And, uh, and that's, uh, you know, that to me is the, the uh, glory of what these miracle workers can do. Um, the, the doctors, the nurses, the uh, uh, people who've researched this for decades and decades and, um, you know, all of it coming together. Um, that's that to me. And um, if you want to put it with a greater being, I'm glad he was there to help find people like this. <laughs> to help give them that uh, ability to solve these problems and make everything work out. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah. Kyle, you, you know, I can't say enough. It's, you know, you were a kidney donor, but to me, I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, uh, such, I can't say enough about what a great friend you are. And just even standing back and looking at you as a role model, regardless of that, that's, that's unbelievable that you donated your kidney, but getting to know you personally and what kind of a father, husband, person in the community, teacher, and and just everything about you. And um, I think that, you know, I, I, I just wish everyone could have a Kyle in their life, yeah, you know? It, it, it took I really, medical tragedy, but I said I never would have met you without Yeah, we this. would never have met, yeah. And and and, and I, I'd say also that, um, like, I feel... Um, there aren't I shouldn't, I'm not trying to be negative but there there what I learned through dialysis and through kidney failure is that you never know who's going to step up you know in your life even if it's not to donate a kidney but just to be there as emotional support um, I was very fortunate at faith family fellowship at the church that people came to uh, for don't you know especially because we're honoring about the donor Sabbath and the faith base that people signed up to visit me at the dialysis. Mm-hmm. I had, I was a grown man at 47 years old 
but I had uh, it was hard to get through those six hours. Yeah, and, and you had, and, you had a good, good crew coming in there. Yeah, and if people visited me, mm-hmm. and then um, people didn't really know. Is it? Can I just share at the end just the the the, the faith based part? Worked out absolutely. Can I can I share that at the end here? Yes. Yeah, okay. Before I give you the final, oh. is that um, just uh, you know the story, but and you were at the church, but that the people in the church really wanted to help me, but weren't sure how to go about it, and. Um, it was a friend, a Jewish friend who wanted to be the donor. He was the donor. He, you know, but he, unfortunately for medical reasons could not qualify, but he said, I'll never stop until I help you find a donor. And he led me to the Jewish organization renewal in Brooklyn, a group of Orthodox, uh, rabbis, ultra Orthodox rabbis who, uh, I think in a few weeks will be 800 their 800th living, uh, facilitating their 800th living kidney donation. Um, and I had no idea, but uh, they were a little puzzled that a Jewish guy who moved to Nazareth, who was in an evangelical Christian church with a bunch of wonderful, amazing people who wanted to support me, um, how to exi- exactly, but they did come. They said, if you can get 100 people to come to someone's home and a church member uh, volunteered up his uh state and his uh, great room the room is called the great room it was a great room it was a great room it was a great room and uh they only brought five uh i mean they said you could only expect three or four people to come forward to make a swab they do an initial donor swab like a swab and in the end uh they ran out they only brought 15 swab kits and uh it was a woman named louise from the church who who uh, this is my donor sabbath story uh, you know, in addition, in a footnote to uh, to the story of what made the amazing uh, donation that you did about personally, and then she took the swab kit, the fifteenth swab kit, put it in her purse, and somehow I guess convinced her husband John, who was not there that day for the education meeting, to do the swab. He said uh, he did it, did the swab, forgot about it, went on a mission trip to Haiti, and then upon return to New York City, he was driving his truck for a delivery in Manhattan got a call that he was a a perfect match that the rabbi told John he was a perfect match for Jay. And after, I guess, testing and and thought and contemplation, he decided to donate his kidney to me. So really, uh, as far as I understand, all faiths, uh, Christian, Jewish, Muslim, all major faith groups in the world are supportive of, or of uh, organ donation of living, living kidney donation, organ donation. So just, I just wanted to say that as, you know, another uh, PSA for JPSA, but also for the gift of life, you know, they're signing up their goals to handle their, they handle all the disease donor uh, population, you know, and getting people to sign up on their driver's licenses. But what you did was step forward for your daughter as a living kidney donor, which is the most unbelievable act, amazing act that, that anyone could do. And you didn't hesitate. And you have a beautiful daughter who's now thriving as a physical therapist. Yeah. She's has a life and a whole at her own house now, and you know, yep. and a dog, and a dog, right? <laughs> a puppy dog. So, puppy. yeah. So, I mean, every day you can see, you know, you can bask in in the in what you did in terms of what you know her success. We we want those moments to go on, and uh, all those life moments that I had, I wanted them to have it that I can, you know be shared with me. And that's, that's the uh, beauty of, uh, 
um, you say the gift of life and, and that's, that's absolutely what life is, you know, it's, it's a gift and, um, it's how we live it. And, um, the attempt to do things well, we know we all make, you know, we're going to have our little flounders and our little, but when it comes around, you know, we, we like to have, at least know that we put in a, our best effort, um, not because we're trying to get the merit badges, but uh, because it's the thing that fills your own soul. Yes. You know, you can go out and do things. Um, uh, you're fulfilling that need to, to be um, a one who's made life quality for everybody else. I think that's our, our, that should be a goal of everybody. Try to make everybody's life, you know, try to live a quality life and give that to the people that you come in contact with. You've lived your life like that. 33 years, just retired after 33 years as a teacher. 34 years as a teacher in the Bethlehem area school district and how many lives you've touched over the years. And, you know, everywhere you go, you meet a a student who's now an adult or a parent of a student and you lived it your whole life and uh, and, uh, you continue to do it. And I hope that, uh, I can just know you forever and ever. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I may be, that may so be my you. idea. Maybe not your idea. <laughs> you still be around. That's why you got the kidney. Keep being around. Yeah. So okay. I wanted to thank you for coming on. I, I was wondering uh, if we could you. do a part two, you know, um, um anytime. I really yep. appreciate it. Another topic, but yeah, no, I would, you know, no, I, I appreciate you. You know, you're, you're a great person on any topic and uh. I, and uh, I just, I just want to say thank you. And I just, can I just give you one other um, accolade or one other acknowledgement? You know, I've uh, struggled during this pandemic, um, both physical challenge, you know, from the recovery of, and some complications that I had to overcome with the transplant, but also mentally um, in, you know, challenges that I've had with, you know, other things. And, uh, and uh, you've, been really uh, there for me so many times and I think that you know in turn being there for my daughter you know and and my family and knowing my daughter and my wife and I I feel like I just can't put that into words enough and uh if we're if on this recording I can say that and include that it's hard to put into words you know what you mean to me as a friend and uh and what you mean as a person and and it's and I know that that's hard to for like a humble person to take, but I, I just really want to know that people to hear this and know that, you know, Kyle Rogers and Kyle Rogers kidney <laughs> in my contacts, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. I appreciate it. And I, I, I'm hoping, you know, like you said, it, it's, we're hoping that you have inspired people and hopefully these people, um, it, it's that thing that you just, we always talk golden rule, you know, uh, you know, live it. That That's pretty much it. Live it. You know, and that's, that's what we try to do. Um, but thank you again. Appreciate that. It's really nice. Not hard to do. <laughs> I mean, it's been good. So thank you for, for the time you spent here. Thank you for everything. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Take care. <laughs>
Thanks for listening in to Jay's Real World. We appreciate your support and honored to have you along the journey. Take care.